Follow The Ron Show on Twitter at RonShowATL. The Ron Show on America One Radio. All right, so here's the long segment. Let's go through the highlights of the State of the Union last night, and I'll throw in some commentary in between when I can. I start tonight by congratulating the 118th Congress and the new Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. Okay, that's nice. Mr. Bipartisan. And two years ago, COVID had shut down, our businesses were closed, our schools were robbed of so much, and today, COVID no longer controls our lives. And two years ago, democracy faced its greatest threats in the Civil War, and today, though bruised, our democracy remains unbowed and unbroken. I think the people sent us a clear message. Fighting for the sake of fighting, power for the sake of power, conflict for the sake of conflict gets us nowhere. I would argue, by the way, when he talks about our threats to democracy, since the Civil War, okay, listen, 2020 and January 6th were awful, no doubt about it. I, I, would, th- I would say 2016 was pretty bad, too. I would say uh, the year 2000 was pretty bad as well. And I would say the Jim Crow era, that was much longer than just one election cycle, by the way, <laughs> it was decades of voter suppression were a clear attack on democracy as well. He glossed over it. I'll allow that because these speeches are long enough as it is. Okay, let's continue. We're going to make sure the supply chain for America begins in America. The supply chain begins in America. We've already created... We've already created... 800,000 new manufacturing jobs without this law, before the law kicks in. With this new law, we're going to create hundreds of thousands of new jobs across the country. And I mean all across the country. We're seeing these field of dreams transformed to the heartland. But to maintain the strongest economy in the world, we need the best infrastructure in the world. As you all know, We used to be number one in the world in infrastructure. We've sunk to 13th in the world. The United States of America, 13th in the world in infrastructure, modern infrastructure. But now we're coming back because we came together and passed the bipartisan infrastructure law. The largest investment in infrastructure since President Eisenhower's interstate highway system. And I mean it sincerely. I want to thank my Republican friends who voted for the law. And my Republican friends who voted against it as well. But I'm still, I, I still get asked to fund the projects in those districts as well. But don't worry. I promised I'd be a president for all Americans. <laughs> we'll fund these projects. I love this one. And I'll see you at the groundbreaking. <laughs> oh, man. Yo, no lie. That was salty. <laughs> Buy America has been the law since 1933. But for too long, past administrations, Democrat and Republican, have fought to get around it. Not anymore. Tonight, I'm announcing new standards require all construction materials used in federal infrastructure projects to be made in America. Seriously, why was that never the case? Something else you would think we would have bipartisan broad support for? Millions need insulin to control their diabetes so they can literally stay alive. Insulin's been around for over 100 years. The guy who invented it didn't even patent it because he wanted it to be available for everyone. It cost the drug companies roughly $10 a vial to make that insulin. 
package it in all, you may get up to $13. But Big Pharma has been unfairly charging people hundreds of dollars, four to $500 a month, making record profits. Not anymore. If drug prices rise faster than inflation, drug companies are going to have to pay Medicare back the difference. Love it. We're finally, we're finally giving Medicare the power to negotiate drug prices. Bringing down. All right, let's continue. Now, some members here are threatening, and I know it's not an official party position, so I'm not going to exaggerate, but threatening to repeal the Inflation Reduction Act. As my coach, that's okay, that's fair. As my football coach used to say, lots of luck in your senior year. <laughs> Make no mistake, if you try anything to raise the cost of presenting jobs, I will veto it. Have you noticed Big Oil just reported its profits, record profits? Last year they made $200 billion in the midst of a global energy crisis. I think it's outrageous. Why? They invested too little of that profit to increase domestic production. And when I talk to a couple of them, they say, well, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway, so why should we invest in them? I said, we're going to need oil for at least another decade. And that's going to exceed. <laughs> and beyond that, we're going to need it. Production. If they had, in fact, invested in the production to keep gas prices down, instead, they used the record profits to buy back their own stock, mm -hmm. rewarding their CEOs and shareholders. Corporations ought to do the right thing. That's why I propose we quadruple the tax on corporate stock buybacks and encourage yes. long-term long investments. Long overdue, long overdue, in particular during a time of crisis. It's almost like price gouging, but in the background. All right, I'll let him continue. We have an obligation to make sure all people are safe. Public safety depends on public trust, as all of us know. But too often that trust is violated. Join us tonight are the parents of Tyree Nichols. Welcome. to bury Tyree last week. As many of you personally know, there's no words to describe the heartache or grief of losing a child. But imagine, imagine if you lost that child at the hands of the law. Imagine having to worry whether your son or daughter came home from walking down the street, or playing in the park, or just driving a car. Most of us in here have never had to have the talk, the talk that brown and black parents have had to have with their children. We all want the same thing. Neighborhoods free of violence. Law enforcement, law enforcement who earns the community's trust. Just as every cop when they pin on that badge in the morning has a right to be able to go home at night, so does everybody else out there. Our children have a right to come home safely. Equal protection under the law is a covenant we have with each other in America. We know 
police officers put their lives on the line every single night and day. And we know we ask them in many cases to do too much to be counselors, social workers, psychologists, responding to drug overdoses, mental health crises, and so much more. Which is why the defund the police movement exists in the first place. Not to take simply from law enforcement, but to enhance law enforcement with professionals who can handle mental wellness because police officers are not equipped to do that. Back to the president. In one sense, we ask much too much of them. Mm -hmm. I know most cops and their families are good, decent, honorable people, the vast majority. But they risk. And they risk their lives every time they put that shield on. But what happened to Tyree in Memphis happens too often. We have to do better. Give law enforcement the real training they need. Hold them to higher standards. Help them succeed in keeping us safe. We also need more first responders and professionals to address the growing mental health substance abuse challenges. Yes. More resources to reduce violent crime and gun crime. More community intervention programs. More investment in housing, education, and job training. All this can help prevent violence in the first place. And when police officers or police departments violate the public trust, they must be held accountable. Let's commit ourselves to make the words of Tyler's mom true. Something good must come from this. Something good. I feel it fair to point out, by the way, throughout a lot of this discussion about Tyree Nichols, police accountability, throughout the entire diatribe there, he's getting applause from both sides of the aisle. In a lot of the case last night, he's getting some applause on both sides of the aisle. And notice, by the way, that he's reaching out to rural and blue-collar America throughout a lot of this speech. We, you know, the, the reverence for police officers is not a white versus black thing or a rich versus poor. We all appreciate good law enforcement. But I don't think we all have the same consternation for bad law enforcement. And that's a bridge we have to build. And, and while I'm on this theme about talking to all of America, the economic aid that we're talking about, not handouts, those jobs, those infrastructure jobs, those are going to directly impact hundreds of thousands of non-college-educated, blue-collar, works-with-their-hands-and-tools-type, mostly men. And will I shock you when I say, by the way, Joe Biden doesn't do well, doesn't poll well with working class white men who will disproportionately benefit from the transportation bill signed into law in his first term. Much the way, by the way, women and women of color benefit from student loan forgiveness. All of America. Joe Biden is talking to all of America, y'all. And I get it. It's probably baffling to him, I think less so to his handlers and his administration folks, why he polls below 50%, why 
even a majority of Democrats are like, oh, I don't think we want him to run again in 2024. I, I get that they're kind of mystified. I think it's his age. I really do. I think it's the age and the gaffes. And there have been some things that, you know, you can point to that maybe the administration, maybe the president himself didn't handle that well. We, we go back and we think about Afghanistan. Eh, that didn't go over so well. It really wasn't a mess of his making. And who's to say that it wouldn't have been as messy no matter who was president? I mean, we negotiated with the Taliban. And by we, I mean Secretary Pompeo and President Donald Trump negotiated and legitimized the Taliban. It signaled to the rest of the Afghanistanis. By the way, we see them as equals to the government that we've propped up for the last 20 years that our Defense Department's been telling us it's just about ready. Just about ready to take over. Yeah, I could go down the rabbit hole about Afghanistan for quite a while. And I'm not going to do that because the segment was mostly about the State of the Union. And on that note, let's get back to some of the highlights. Join us tonight is Brandon Say, a 26-year-old hero. He found the courage to act and wrestled a semi-automatic pistol away from the gunman who had already killed 11 people in another dance studio. 11. He saved lives. It's time we do the same. Ban assault weapons now. Ban them now. Once and for all. Okay, well, that's a pipe dream. We know that won't happen anytime soon. Congress must restore the right that was taken away in Roe v. Wade and protect Roe v. Wade. Give every woman a constant right. The Vice President and I are doing everything to protect access to reproductive health care and safeguard patient safety. But already, more than a dozen states are enforcing extreme abortion bans. Make no mistake about it. If Congress passes a national ban, I will veto it. The president talked about China. Today, we're in the strongest position in decades to compete with China or anyone else in the world. Anyone else in the world. And I'm committed. I'm committed to work with China where we can advance American interests and benefit the world. But make no mistake about it. As we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country. And we did. So we may never know what China did get or how much we blocked them from seeing over their spy balloon. But he had to say something about it, right? Fentanyl is killing more than 70,000 Americans a year. Big you got it. You got to hand it to the Republicans. They never let an opportunity to mislead slip their grasp. Am I right? They keep wanting to blame the president and the border for that. When the problem isn't asylum seekers coming across the border with fentanyl, it's Americans smuggling it back into the country themselves. Oh, and by the way, not treating drug abuse. Universal health care that would cover addiction recovery treatment options might actually stop the fentanyl industry in its tracks. Nah, can't consider that. Got to continue politicizing the border and those brown people coming into this country to take our jobs, only the jobs that we wouldn't work for the pay that they're making. Or we could just get back to the uh, circular flow that happened when folks would just come across the border, work, and go back home, get paid, we'd take our tax dollars out of their paycheck, and they'd make their money, and everybody'd be fine. But I digress. Listen, I had low expectations for last night, and Joe Biden exceeded them. 
Give it to me again, y'all. More Ron Show on America One Radio next. <laughs>